You're now listening to the Enter VR podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And today I'm speaking with Vasanth Mohan. Vasanth is a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. He's the man behind Fuse Man, uh, the legendary and epic YouTube channel. And I mean, Vasanth, your, your resume goes on and on. I can go on forever. <laughs> Honestly, you're really a pioneer. You just, you, I, am, I am honored and I am um, putting you on a pedestal right now <laughs> because of how it. awesome you are. <laughs> so, so thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back on again. I will do my fans and the listeners a favor this time, <laughs> and we're not going to talk about Dragon Ball Z. Last time you came on the show, all we did was fucking talk about Dragon Ball Z on the NRBR podcast, and we didn't talk. <laughs> so I, I, this time around, we're going to do them right, and we're going right. to actually get this juicy, juicy knowledge out of you. So, so let's start all with right. the juicy stuff. So uh, one of the things that I've been paying attention to is mm-hmm. the fact that if you have an Oculus Quest right now, yeah, let's talk about it right now. You can resell that shit on eBay for a hell of money, man, before Christmas. <laughs> you seen this? I, don't know. I, I mean, what numbers have you seen floating around just out okay. of curiosity? So literally, I just went on eBay just now. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at eight uh, for a 64 gig Oculus Quest, 867 yep. was the highest number I saw. But on yeah. Twitter yesterday, I saw someone post, someone was selling a, an Oculus Quest for almost two, $3,000. So I don't know if those are selling, and I, I've seen numbers floating around. Um, from I, I saw John Oaks like tweet like fifteen hundred, but I haven't seen any of that. Like if you go to like the sold items tab on eBay, I've only seen like somewhere between five five and eight hundred um, for the sixty fours, which I mean, so they so they traditionally sell for four hundred. At five hundred, it's like a hundred dollar profit, uh, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. Like the fact that it's selling a hundred dollars higher is incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely seen, think there's a little bit too much hype behind the numbers that we're, we're like, at least media wise seems to be blasting it out at like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars when, uh, at least when I look at the data, it seems like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, uh, which is, I mean, still mind blowing when you think about it, but I'm like, there seems to be kind of this like weird discrepancy that's going on, and I'm not entirely sure where that data is coming from. I'm glad I get to tra- talk to you because I am all hype, and you, <laughs> sir, are more data-driven than I am, and therefore you're able to balance me out a little bit because I was I am I am I am officially on the podcast selling my Oculus Quest for three thousand dollars, okay, 128 gigs. And okay. it has googly eyes stuck to them. So, mm. so that and and I got the audio strap form thing that you can get uh, twenty dollars off of uh, uh, whatever online. But okay. here's the thing: it's a Franken Quest, customized. You don't have to do it. It has a case. It even has <laughs> a super cool Android Jones sticker on it. Oh my god, three thousand dollars! This is it, it, this isn't just you know a used Oculus Quest. This is artisan. You know. Yeah. This you got games on quest. it. Uh, yeah, but you would have to use my account. I'm not gonna give you my account. That, that's, yeah, you're right. That's Facebook. <laughs> like that, that. That's the other thing about the eBay things. Like they're they're all selling it with like extra games and stuff, so which artificially increases the price by definition. I'm going to sell it with Rec Room, VR Chat, and <laughs> the best games. The best. The best games. games. <laughs> 
that that beta series, which is totally not free. Wink, wink. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so this is. How do you feel about this? How does this feel to you in your soul? Are you are you okay with people reselling Oculus Quest, or are you like, hey, this is fucking America. We're living in the belly of the beast of capitalism. Fuck it, you know. What do you? What I do mean, you look. About? The way I look at it is, if it's if it's it's going into someone's hands that's going to use it, that's a win-win for everyone. Like, sure, someone makes some extra money, but at the same time, like, it's going to <laughs> it's going to someone who hopefully ends up using it. I mean, it's funny because, uh, so I don't I don't know if you know about Gary Vee, um, and his whole uh, flipping mentality, garage Gary, sailing. Gary Vaynerchuk, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. So he has kind of. I don't know how you would describe it. I guess, like, he, he says, like, if you want to make some extra cash, you can go to garage sales, flip some items, uh, and basically buy them at garage sales, sell them on eBay, which works really well in the Bay Area just because you go to garage sales and people are selling things dirt cheap anyway because they don't care yes. about that stuff. Um, so I did that for a little while, uh, probably, yeah, it was about last year. So uh, one thing I would do is you would buy, because so, you know, for PSVR, all of the items, for whatever reason, they would sell them in, as like separate items. So what I'd end up doing is you buy the separate items off of eBay. I'll get them shipped to my house. And then uh, I would just re-bundle it as a package, throw in a couple games. Uh, for And then like I would charge like about the same price that you're seeing for the Quest, about $100. Uh, around, around this time, parents were buying it up like crazy. And, and I guess it's either... I'm not entirely sure if it's just kids really want vr and they'll just want whatever the latest and greatest thing is i guess this year's quest last year was psvr um but uh i mean if there's a way to simplify it for parents i think their parents are willing to gladly pay the 100 bucks and someone profits a little bit but also i think it simplifies the process i mean if you're selling it for three thousand bucks and someone buys it for three thousand bucks that's a win-win the way i look at it what about okay? So let me help you. Let's play. Let's play devil's advocate because then it'll yep. be more fun. Um, but okay. then I'll play a devil's advocate. and I'll say something. But but Vasant, what about the people who want to buy the quest at four hundred dollars, but now can't afford it because of scalpers, and now it's gonna take a while for Facebook or Oculus I mean, to restock. Okay, so two things on that. One. Had they bought it around Black Friday when the Oculus Go was selling right crazy for whatever reason, I'm still kind of blown that the Oculus Go was selling better than the Quest over Black Friday. Was Whatever it really? They, yeah, it was. What? Uh, I was, I was like, I, I mean, I would go on Amazon. I was like, yeah, they, they have like the, 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 the like lightning deals or whatever. Um, and then like Oculus Go was sold out. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? But there's still a bunch of Quest sitting here. But Quest is arguably the way better product. Actually, not arguably. It is the way better product. Oh, yes. So, uh, A, they could have bought it then. And I think that that would probably have been the right time to buy it. Because like it's still kind of like, you know what your kids want for Christmas. Uh, and the Quest is still sitting around there. So they totally could have bought it then as opposed to waiting until the last minute. And B, you can wait two weeks. It's not the end of the world. I mean, yeah, it sucks kids don't have it over Christmas. But... I mean, the price is going to go back down. <laughs> Facebook has to has to make more, otherwise, uh, I think they've officially doomed the quest if they don't continue manufacturing more quests. So, uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's just a matter of scalpers are going to take the next two weeks, make some money. That's fine. Um, it, it's kind of more of a fad, if you will, <laughs> where where it's just holiday season hype. 
it's that which is basically capitalism one one every year. Yeah. No, this is this is a, a repeating repeating pattern you see very often <clears throat> with these sorts yep. of things. I saw it with the Wii. I yep. saw it with the PSVR. Yeah. And uh, I saw there was a Nintendo Switch for a minute. And yeah, this is this is the next thing. And next thing. even even the Valve Index this year is out of stock. <clears throat> but that's a different it's, persona. That's a different audience. I, is, I guess that's just Valve not making enough, I guess, or not. It need. is, but at the same time, hold on, let me let me pull it up right now. When I when I was running it on eBay, Valve Index was still running around uh, 500, 550 uh, sold. Uh, I don't remember if it was used or new, but like, I mean, it ha- hasn't seen the same kind of artificial price jump, which I think makes sense because. You, you still need the PC and kind of the investment behind it. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm. Knuckles seem to be normal. Okay, maybe it's slightly higher, but still. It's, uh, yeah, barely used for 1500 It's high, okay. but, yeah. Oh, he's okay. making $500 on that thing. That's that's not yeah. bad. That's, that's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, but then also, the, I mean, there's one sold on December 15th, 550 for just the headset, which I think is accurate. I could be wrong. He made 50 bucks on that headset? Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, but I, I think that just makes sense. Yeah. Just because I think they're... At, because it's at a higher price point, there's less of a market for it, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it seems to me, going back to the go and the quest for a second, the, yeah. that I, I've, my hypothesis is that parents... Uh, were were told by the kids that hey we want I want VR. Yep. And they went to the store and they saw yep. the Oculus Quest for four hundred dollars and they saw the Oculus Go for half that price or less even more. <laughs> yep. And they're like, oh, this is VR. This shit is good enough. I don't need to spend four hundred dollars. What, what, what does can three hundred dollars really make that much of a difference? Yes. Yep. Yes, they do. Yep. Yeah, yes, get that quest thing. <laughs> Your kid is gonna hate you forever because you got the Oculus Go. Don't be that kind of parent. Uh, I yeah. would be that kind of parent, actually. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, you don't Savage. like it? Well, go play with rocks and sticks. <laughs> Sad. Like I used to back in my day. Yeah, no, but I think that I think that's what happened. I mean, maybe they'll end up returning it and buying the quest at a at the higher price. Who knows? But. Uh, that, I I was really surprised by that. Like when I when I saw like the go was like completely, uh, I don't know if it was like sold out, but at least the deal part of it on Amazon was sold out. And I was like, what is going on here? I was, I was like, the, the quest has to be the 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 hit of the season, and, and and it wasn't for whatever reason. But I think that's changed. I'm with you. I think it's only a matter of time before re- people realize that the quest, even for things that you want to use the go for is better mm-hmm. than go it, it, it's just better like yeah. uh yeah it's just yeah the, the six stuff freedom hands people you it, once you experience that you don't want to go back yeah and have you tried the hand tracking and the oculus link by any chance mm-hmm. uh i haven't tried oculus link uh honestly like I don't know how much of a game changer oculus link will be because it kind of, it's it fits that same exact niche audience of like well, okay, so yeah, I have to have a decent computer to run Oculus Link, and but if I have a decent computer anyway, I might as well I might as well just run Valve Index or Rift or the HTC Vive for that matter. Uh, so I mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to try it, but I would imagine it's just a worse version of running just normal PC VR. Uh, 
as far as the hand tracking goes, it's pretty solid. It has some hiccups. Uh, so, like, you can trick it with, like, I, I tried, like, just to put, like, just some images on my laptop uh, of just other hands. And it was able to detect those as hands as opposed to my 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 normal hands. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, this... So it, it forces it into, like, a two-hand mode. So even if it finds three hands in the in in the real world, it'll only limit it to the first two hands it finds, which kind of sucks. Mm. Um, but I mean, maybe that's a good thing, depending on the use case. Uh, the other weird thing is you can't use controllers and hand tracking at the same time. It's one or the other. And if you press a button by accident on a controller, it just automatically switches to the controller mode and then you lose hand tracking, which oh. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do that? Why can't we run both at the same time? Uh, but again, this is like an experimental feature. I'm sure they'll, they'll like hammer out all these kinks in due time. Uh, but I, I was just like, there are a lot of like weird quirks with this. But again, experimental. So I'll let them slide for now. I'm really excited to see the SDK come out, which should be coming out this week. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, by all intents and purposes, the Oculus Quest is killing it. Um, yeah. There are a few things that, uh, I mean, people are... Uh, or did not take it lightly or, or uh, it seemed to me mm-hmm. by the response on the internet that for example the Beat Saber acquisition by Facebook was not sure. well received um, and, and so it, it's so fascinating to me that how is it that this thing the uh, uh, Oculus owned by Facebook mm-hmm. can be hated by so many people on the internet <laughs> <laughs> And yet it's killing it out there in the masses. I guess this just goes to say that the masses don't give a fuck about privacy. They don't give a fuck about yeah. it until it actually genuinely, directly makes them hurt. And that sucks because we shouldn't be this yeah. reactionary. And yet here we are again. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's tough. I, I mean, as far as Beat Saber goes, I do think that like the drama of that has died down now. Um, or at least I don't see anyone posting about it anymore. I think it's more, it's it's one of those things about the internet where everything, like everyone gets so angry all of a sudden and and then it just dies down because. And, and for them, I, I actually don't think it has to do with the privacy, but I think it has to do more with the, the fact that at, at some point, Oculus is going to say, all right, everybody, Fuck off with your custom songs. We got, we got, <laughs> we got. You know, people. We got copyrights and all these. Le- the, the lawyers won't let us yeah. deal with it. You know, pull pull this shit off. You know that. I think that's what is. Yeah, that was probably the big thing because they had to. They act, I think they axed the custom mods. Um, but honestly, I think they had been talking about that for quite some time, even from like Oculus Connect. Um, I'd heard rumors of like Oculus not being happy about the custom mods in in Beat Saber, but maybe that was just a byproduct of the fact that Oculus is going to buy Beat Saber. Um, and it's it's just kind of tough as like an industry because if you are Beat Saber and you are making obviously like I think they they've hit their peak in terms of sales in the sense that like everyone who had a VR headset probably has already bought Beat Saber. And so as a result, the, the money they have coming in starts to dwindle over time. So now Oculus comes to you and says, here's a buttload of money, and you can keep working on this thing and do whatever the hell you want to do, given certain limitations, right? Any indie developer takes that up any day, 
because that lets them work on their passion project for however long they want. And as long as you can sustain that, that's a win-win for you as a as an indie studio to be able to keep working for years and years, for your customers to keep playing your game for years and years. And while, yes, it sucks in regards to all the privacy and all the limitations and all the, the bogging down of being in a part of a big company, uh, it, it means that Beat Saber can stick around and have developers supporting it for the long haul, which is rare to see in VR. Most of the times, most apps will they push something out, they maybe make one update, and then it dies, uh, which is just not healthy for if you're trying to build something that is trying to revolutionize this industry. Yeah, I it's I'm with you. I see that. I see that. I mean, I, I totally see that. At, at the same time, I I have to acknowledge that you know if Beat Saber starts removing all custom songs, and mm-hmm. all I have left is their music packs that I gotta buy. I'm not yep. buying anything. I'm done. I'm not yeah. playing your game. I'm done. You know, I it, it, because the thing that the reason why I go back to that game. Mm-hmm. Is because there's a new anime Beat Saber song <laughs> that I want to fucking experience and enjoy, like uh, Sword Art Online. I'll play that shit over and over and over and over <laughs> again. And no way Beat Saber is gonna like license with Crunchyroll or whoever makes Sword Art and then license all these different like it's just I, unless you know they're really listening well, their community. I don't know. I, or or the other thing would be a pathway for people who are really talented at making custom songs for there to be some sort of marketplace for them to sell it. You know, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind buying a custom song, a highly voted, highly rated custom song. If, 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 if the money went directly to the, you know, a a little piece for Beat Saber and a little piece to the, you know, the, the modder, you know, like, sure. Cause 'cause that's free work. Why aren't they getting paid? You know? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do think, that it is now possible to have, uh, like, I, I think the other caveat is because they're part of Facebook, they can actually get the official license, which means that, yes, the modder is losing out on the money, but the artist who created the music is getting the royalties that, I mean, quite frankly, like, being an artist is hard, and any royalties that they can get for, especially obscure songs, as I think a big deal, and Beat Saber now being part of Facebook can at least provide that. And now there's like a, a, a bigger incentive for all of these artists to go say, hey, Facebook, you guys want to use our song, put it in a pack. Uh, maybe maybe Beat Saber can hire out modders, which I think is fair. Um, or they just have a dedicated team of modders <laughs> internally at Facebook that creates all these licensed songs. Um, and maybe, I mean, from there, they, they've got to find the right business model because Again, buying songs left and right is stupidly expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's a subscription model, although I'm not a huge fan of subscription models. Uh, They'd have to find something that works and maybe eat eat some losses. I don't know. But I I do think it is fair in the sense to say, look, the artists deserve just as much of the cut for creating the music that people enjoy and having that integrated into Beat Saber as the modders do. Um, and just completely ignoring them from the picture. Yeah, it's it's not really ideal in the in the current state of how the modding community does it. Which I mean, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone per se. I'm just saying 
being an artist is tough. <laughs> is, is the reality of it. Yes, they need to get paid. I agree. They need to get paid. Um, Beat Saber platform people need to get paid, and I and modders. That's free labor. Yeah. They should get paid too. And 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 streamers, streamers. Uh, eventually, they get paid. I mean, eventually, the audience eventually. will get paid enough. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I mean, right now there's a market stuff. for that. That's yeah. true. That is true. I mean, um, the, the Beat Saber community girls is growing like crazy. <laughs> That's for sure. It, it's growing like crazy. Uh, I was just watching a YouTube video uh, uh, with like millions of views, like three mm-hmm. point something million views, and it's basically a professional Beat Saber guy, professional yeah. Beat Saber player, and he goes to uh, VR arcades and he pretends. At first, he goes in there and he tries to like fake him. Like he pretends like he doesn't know what he's doing. And next thing you know, it he turns on beast mode, and the VRK people start drop dropping their jaws because they're like, "What the fuck? Where are you? Where did you? What is this? What is this? What's going on?" They're like, "Voodoo magic." Yeah. What is this sorcery? Because the guy's moving his arms like crazy. I mean, yeah, I, it's nuts. And so, uh, and that was getting millions and millions of views. Mm-hmm. Super, super positive reception. It's it's a really popular game. It it makes yeah. sense for it to get acquired by Facebook, but it also makes sense for the modding community to be mad because uh, yeah. so much value is in that is in the, in the, is in it is in it is in that ability to play those customized songs. So yeah, I mean we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean I'm sure Facebook's legal team will probably want to find a way to make modding work. It's of course, being a big company, they can't. They 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 have to hide behind all the legal hula law and make things annoying. But that's big companies in a nutshell. Okay, so let's let's talk about something that I I feel like we it's it's overdue and we yeah. really got to go deep into this and it's going to be Half Life. Okay. Uh, I make very I'm very excited about it. I I've played Half Life two, Half Life, and Half Life one, I guess, and uh, years ago. A long time ago. <laughs> and here we are again talking about this franchise, this series, once again. Yeah. And it's coming up for VR. And I remember, I mean, just to recap, like Half-Life Alex is going to be a Valve game. One of the, the three Valve games that they've been working on for VR. Yep. It's a prequel to Half-Life 2, it seems. And it's going to be fucking awesome um, from what people are gathering on the internet, hopefully. <laughs> um, so... It, one of the things that struck me, though, in the beginning of the of the hype cycle was that people were not happy. A lot of people were not happy that it wasn't going to be available for pancake mode. <laughs> and, um, well, yeah, what do you think about the decision that Valve, you know, put, you know, stuck, put, drew their hand, like their line in the sand and said, here, this, this is going to be a VR only game. No, um, good for them. I mean, uh it, it is kind of interesting because, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about the Quest and how Quest seems to have this audience with kids, whereas Half-Life uh, isn't really a game targeted for kids in the sense that I think a lot of kids have never heard of Half-Life or let alone have even considered playing it. So so if you got, you've got this weird dichotomy of VRs having this generation that's that's meant for kids uh, that that's kind of growing up with it. And then you have... The Half-Life generation, which grew up with PC gaming. And so, but they might not necessarily be interested in VR per se. And I, I it's, and <laughs> that, I think that's where the weird dichotomy is. Like, because Half-Life is 
a dedicated hardcore PC game, like has a dedicated P- hardcore PC gaming audience, uh, that Valve is bound to take backlash from it. But at the same time, it also helps them push VR, which, I mean, the fact that the, the index is sold out is because of Half-Life, like, period. Like, <laughs> there's, there's no debating that fact. I think you're right. You're, you are correct in that assessment. I didn't think about it, but now that you said it, it's very obvious that it is. Yes. And I, and I mean, the reason why is because they, they said if you buy the Valve Index before the end of the year, you get Half-Life for free. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know how much they're going to end up charging for it. 30 or 60 would be my guess. Uh, so, I mean, that's a free 60 bucks for people uh, to get their hands on it. And... Uh, I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I do think the backlash again, just like with Beat Saber, has died down. Uh, maybe it'll come up again. I don't. I don't actually know. Uh, but it it definitely did not make sense for them to target both. I mean, we we've kind of seen that fail from ports. Like so, like Fallout, for example, and Skyrim. Like they're they're cool as ports to VR, but they don't add anything like VR. Like they don't add anything that makes VR feel unique in those worlds. Uh, whereas here, I think hopefully, I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of a little early to say well, how like truly immersive Half Life will end up being in VR. But I'm hoping that they they take the time to make it kind of VR specific and really leverage the fact that you are playing this on this super expensive headset that has finger tracking that allows you to uh, really feel like you're in the game as opposed to uh, playing it on a pancake screen. Uh, but I guess time will tell to see how that ends up happening. But I, I fingers crossed that they can really make that happen. My index came in August and uh, it has not been a smooth transition. It has mm-hmm. been it has been uh, riddled with uh, a lot of things that I wish I had known going in. But like, for example, one of the things is that like uh, I had a I had a a, um, a twenty seventy Max Q Razer Blade <laughs> gaming laptop, and I was gonna use it on the index. I was like, it's a twenty seventy RTX twenty seventy Max Q. Yeah. Sure, it's double you know powered down, but it can handle it, and it could handle it. But when the index arrived. Uh, at the office of that day, uh, it didn't come with a mini display port cable adapter yeah. thing. So yeah. I had to run eight blocks because I was going to demo it. And I had to run eight blocks through San Francisco down the Soma District to oh, this no. computer world store where the guy gave me his, <laughs> this cable. Um, and he gave me the wrong one. And of I course. ran back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. And I ran back for nothing. And so and, and, that, and that was that was. You know, episode one. Episode two was again. Uh, I get another laptop, and this one it was a, a full twenty RTX twenty eighty GPU yeah. in it, and I put in a, the DisplayPort cable, and it wasn't working, and I was getting this crazy snow effect. Finally, I fixed that. Now I'm dealing with a left thumbstick that won't calip or that won't uh, that's constantly drifting. So oh, I geez. reach out the valve. They're going to RMA it. They're going to send me a new one. And all of this, all of this is a little bit better because I have Half-Life Alex in my library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just a I, little bit. <laughs> so 
so I never ended up buying the Index. I just bought the Knuckles controllers. And I, I guess something to note is they are giving Half-Life with just buying the Knuckles controllers. Yep. Those are and cheap. yeah, I mean, it's a lot cheaper. I mean, and, and I think based on what you just described, I'm really glad I stuck with my vibe <laughs> because <laughs> the vibe just, it works. It just plugs into the laptop. Everything is fine. I don't got to worry about having all these headaches with the headset. Um, and I, I, I run the, I guess at this point, this laptop is now almost four years old. Uh, it was like the the first gen of like quote unquote VR ready laptops. Uh, it's, it's like handles like a 970M, so it's like it's barely even VR capable. Um, and, and which is like one, one of the reasons I was like, I don't think this is gonna work with the Valve Index, so I'll just I'll, I'll just keep to the vibe. And uh, I mean, otherwise it works great. I mean, I haven't had issues with the Knuckles controllers. I really like the Knuckles controllers. I mean, the finger tracking. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about hand tracking on on the Quest, uh, but like something that I'm kind of doing on the side a little bit is kind of creating this like cross platform SDK for hand tracking specifically. So uh, a way to use finger tracking on the knuckles, which is like super easy for prototyping, and then get that to work just like seamlessly off the, on the Quest using VRTK. Um, <gasps> that's been a that's been a fun side project. Uh, and did that? I, you actually did that? Uh, it's still a work in progress. Um, I have it like kind of half baked working with the knuckles, and obviously I have to wait and see uh, how easily it is to use the Oculus hand tracking SDK. Uh, but I guess once once that happens, I'm like, okay, this this could actually be useful for prototyping some specific hand tracking applications. Which, I mean, given that the Quest is selling so well, we'll see how well people end up using hand tracking. But uh, just having the, I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I want to use this framework for. I might just post it on YouTube. I might actually build something with it. We'll see. Uh, but I, I do think uh, finger tracking seems to be something that we're, we're going to see more of in VR moving into probably not so much in 2020, but I think 2021. I find it hilarious that in 2019, for example, um, you got the latest headset, and you have a a laptop from the year, right? And <laughs> and you still have to go through so much sort of setup, and you know it's just messy messiness. And yeah. here's the thing: a regular person would have given up and said, "Fuck this, VR is not ready," you know. <laughs> yeah. And, but and then this is the thing: it's like, um, I thought this would be done five, four years ago, five years ago. Like, we, we'd be over this. Like, oh, you know, it's going to be more plug I and play. I, I No, it's not. You're right. It's, exactly. It's it's not that yet. Yet. Yeah. When yeah, the exactly. Valve Index works, I feel like a fucking god. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. And there's of nothing, course. nothing that compares to it. I mean, oh, I, yeah. have the, oh, yeah. I have the I have the vibe. I have the Quest. Uh, I got the Samsung Odyssey Plus, <laughs> the PSVR. Um, I don't have a Rift, but I've tried the Rift S and the Rift, and yep. uh, none of them can compare. The only one that comes even close is the Vario, and the Vario is ten thousand dollars. And here, and and, you, and you, I'm not gonna spend ten thousand. But here's the thing: the, the the index, the controllers, I the reason why if it just feels so smooth. Uh, I'm playing Contractors, I'm playing Beat Saber, I'm playing Pistol Whip. Um, I'm going in VR chat. I'm flipping people off. It is. It's just this all this <laughs> level of freedom, comfort, and um, how do you say, an immersion, where yeah. and 
try play Space Pirate at 144 hertz because you can, and for most computers, I think, and 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 bump the audio all the way up, and then <laughs> and then make sure that you're like a high on weed at a uh, at a six or above. Okay. <laughs> and you will feel your heart jumping out of your chest because it's so thrilling. The whole experience is so thrilling. So believe it. I uh, I gotta say, you know, for anyone who thinks the index isn't worth it, I I think it's. I mean, I'm stuck. I stuck around. I'm still, <laughs> despite all the issues, despite everything, it, I'm still sticking around because it's so good. It's amazing. So I mean, yeah, but like, I, it's it's it just needs to be literally this. I mean, I, all of it needs to be wireless. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is weird though, because uh, I I love the quest where I'm just like lounging around or just doing what like whatever I want to do right I'm just like laying in bed and you put the quest on <laughs> it's like I can't really do that with like my PC VR or at least as easily uh I do tend to get a little bit more motion sick from the quest I don't know if that's because of the tracking or whatnot but I I mean I don't get motion sick at all in in the Vive or really any PCR PC VR for that matter I don't know what it is about the quest is I think it the it's refresh the rate because it, it's it's a lot lower it's running at 70 it might be hertz. that also yeah, yeah. and then Regular PC is running at 90 minimum. I think Carmack yeah. was talking about that. Like he was like, yeah, he's like uh, 80 for 95 percent of people, 72 hertz is fine. But for five percent of people, um, you really gotta get up to 90 hertz, and there's that's a sweet I mean, spot for 100 percent of people. So so yeah. I get sick on the quest too after 20 minutes, frankly. And I want to yeah. be in the quest. Trust me, I want to be in, but I can't. Yeah, I I, mean, I have no idea. But like I mean, like that's the, that's the thing that like I'm like the quest. Really, it's only for demoing purposes, and then if I really want to be in yeah. VR, it's, it's PC VR, period. Yeah, I agree. And the the quest is great because I, I go back to this. You show it to people, and they try it, and they're like, all right, well, where's the PC? I'm like, there is no <laughs> PC. They're like, what? Really? It's all inside the – is it in the cloud? I'm like, no, it's not in the cloud. It's all in the headset, and it's still – people still have it. find it hard to believe that you can get such good experience out of, you know. Oh, yeah. Quest. Yeah, so I agree. It's amazing for demos. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, eventually we'll get to to wireless PC VR. I'll be really happy with that. It's just like I so I, I've had weird issues with PC VR, like wireless. P, I mean, even with the um, even if I have it wired, um, I've had weird internet issues with the Lighthouse system. They sometimes it depends on how I set things up, but sometimes in my house for whatever reason it conflicts with the Wi-Fi. So as a result, uh, I, I'm like, PC VR is like, for me, I just got to be, uh, it has to be wired, because otherwise, it's, it's, if I try it at all wireless, it's going to break something, and then the tracking goes haywired, um, just because you have all these signals that are conflicting with one, one another. Um, I, have, I have to find a setup where I can get it so that they're all, like, everything is working on different frequencies, and they're not conflicting with each other. Then I think I could have a good setup at home. But again, if this this all goes to the back to the fact that it's incredibly difficult to get a good VR system set up in houses at the moment, and I really hope that changes in the future. Yeah, the cables are a umbilical cord. It just goes yeah. to show how early we're still a baby. So we're, we're still, still babies. Baby. We're still yeah. babies. We're still stuck to the umbilical cord. So yeah. it's uh, some of us, some of the Quest people. You know, they they. They're able to, you know, take it off, but, you know, they come back eventually because <laughs> they get sick, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
No, it's it's crazy. It's uh, it, it's super exciting. One of the things I realized about the index, by the way, is that it's not that good to demo, in my opinion, because huh. you end up running into a lot of people who have glasses. And mm. from what I've read on Reddit, uh, overwhelmingly, people agree. There's a consensus that the Valve Index lenses are very, are really, are pretty soft, and, or they get scratched easily by uh, glasses. So I. Every time I I demo the index and people are wearing glasses, I tell them to take out, take them off. That's, yeah. So so yeah. PSA for everyone out there: <laughs> you have an index, um, if you have glasses, look into um, either you know custom lenses or not putting them on or contact lenses. Or I, I heard there's a liquid that you could put on, but I'm not fucking with no liquid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't want to mess the quality up either. Yeah, uh, that's rough. All right, so stick to Quest for demos. Got it. Yeah, yeah Quest <laughs> is great for demos. Index, I mean, the index will blow people away, but but frankly, for people who don't know anything about VR and haven't tried it, like, the Quest is, in that freedom is pretty yeah. hard to describe. So, so Do you yeah. know what, um, what headsets do arcades end up using for, I guess, their, their, their setups? I've seen a lot of Vive Pros. Vive Pros. A lot of Vive Pros. Yeah, Vive, Vive Pro. It seems like HTC really doubled down on being very, like, pretty enterprise-centric, I think. Yeah. I mean, the co- I mean, I haven't heard anything about the Cosmos pretty much since they announced it that one day. <laughs> oh, my that. God. You're right. The Cosmos. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It still exists. It's a thing. It still exists. <laughs> uh, HTC is in such a weird spot right now. Um and I mean, I have a lot of friends that work at HTC, and I really want HTC to do well, but they're they're in this like weird model of like they need to make profit from VR, whereas Valve and Oculus don't. They should have hired me as their marketing guy, but <laughs> they missed their chance. Sorry, HTC. I mean, it's, it's not too late. It's not they're, too late. You're right. It's still, it's still it's still not too late, HTC. But I'm gonna have to call, I'm gonna have to charge you double because it's a lot of work you guys need to do. do to oh my goodness. I mean, seriously, there's there's so much work that HTC needs to do to like get their brand associated with an author, as an authoritative figure in VR. I, I, yeah. At this point. I, I, it seems to me that they're very well known in the enterprise sector. Maybe that's their goal. Maybe that they don't care about consumers. But there's so much money they're leaving on the table if they're not putting more effort on consumers. I don't know. It's in Viveport. Viveport, from all intents and purposes, from what I hear, is just um, vaporware. <laughs> it's not good. Like people, people are not having a good experience with Viveport. Um, I mean, I don't know if I per se tried it. I mean, I do think there's something to be said about a subscription model for VR because there there are so many apps and experiences out there that I wouldn't necessarily want to pay for a one-time thing, but if I could try it, try a bunch of them, uh, I think I might enjoy like having that wide variety a lot more. But I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I <laughs> that they, they're they're positioned in such a weird way that they. They do get forgotten, which is kind of sad when you think about it, because they they were that like really strong competitor to Oculus when they first started out, and I was I was all in with with Vive. I mean, literally, I mean, we we got the 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 free Vive from that Unity Vision Summit. Uh, that that was like the first time they gave out VR, and like we we 
basically founded our YouTube channel on the Vive because I, I preferred that so much more over the Rift when the Rift was having so much problems at launch. Everything from, oh, we're going to launch with a gamepad because we think that's a good idea. Up, oh, there are delays with <laughs> launching the gamepad, which was so embarrassing. And then they, they finally they finally have sorted things out over the years, which, I mean, kudos for them to for like sticking with it and like eventually getting to the point where we're now all excited about the quest. But like, man, things have changed so fast over the last three years, which is nuts to think about. Here's a free idea for HTC. This is how you can recover your business, HTC. Uh, <laughs> this is courtesy of Chris Moran's NRVR podcast. So this is what you do. Because he, here's the thing. Netflix fucked us up. Netflix got us, seeded us the idea that we can pay for, we should, we, we, it's okay to pay for subscription subscriptions for things, for only things we want. But here's the thing: we've been playing for we've been we've been on the subscription model. I mean, just people in general for decades. Yeah. I mean, ever since the dawn of the industrial revolution, since you had to pay for your water bill, since you had to pay for your electricity bill, since you had to pay for your phone bill, those were subscription models. And yeah. the reason why you paid for them is because they are utilities. In that same vein, you, HTC needs to turn Viveport and whatever the fuck they got in there as a utility. You need to turn those things into something that I'm going to, that I need to use. I need to use that teleconferencing app. I need to use that productivity app. I need to use that, I mean, just find an analog, right? And and, mm-hmm. and carve that niche, that Adobe uh, of virtual reality software. You know, I need I, I need those things. They're, yep. they're a utility. And now charge me, charge me because I'm willing to pay just like I'm willing to pay for my phone bill, this is my VR bill. This gives me access to things that I can't do on Oculus. For example, yeah. linking my HTC headset to my phone so that I can receive calls inside the headset or do text. I mean, we, we can get creative here, but this to see you where can. I'm headed? Yeah. No, exactly. And I mean, and it, to me, it makes so much sense because I think unlike, at least as of VR today, uh, the way I use VR is in bursts of like at most an hour, somewhere usually between like play sessions of like 30 minutes to an hour. Um, often it just just because of the practicality, of course, of setting things up and then getting getting ready in. And that by that time, it's probably already too late and I have to hit the bed for whatever, t- whatever it is tomorrow. And that's why I think a subscription is so valuable, because I would love to play games in like these 30 minute to one hour chunks um, and then jump between a whole bunch of them. Uh, just because I, I don't need a very long narrative driven story because unlike like my traditional gaming sessions, which can last six hours, I can't really do that in VR. Um, at least not yet. Maybe that will change sometime in the future. I don't know. Uh, but the, there, there is that hole that no one has filled to make these like burst playtime sessions so useful for VR. Uh, I think they could do that with Viveport. I, I genuinely think they could. Uh, but they're not there yet. Uh. <laughs> it seems to me the market for consumer apps is saturated. Between Valve and Oculus, the, ain't, ain't no one gonna have time for a Viveport, you know? Yeah. And, and that's consumer entertainment sector thing. So, so I, yeah, I would say, yeah, double down on that enterprise, double down, become Adobe of virtual reality and, and charge could. people for... You know the equivalent of VR, VR Photoshop, or whatever. Um, and yeah, did you? By the speaking of VR Photoshop, did you 
get to see or uh, check out the Unity XR um, project, XR engine, XR editor that they. Uh, uh, I mean, this. I wish they had made more of a fuss about this because I I've been waiting this for this thing for years just to fuck with it, and they put out a quick tweet, and it got buried in the news. Um, I might have missed this. Uh, yeah. What's the name of it? It's the Unity it. XR editor, and it was just, it, I think it came out in one quick blog post, and it never announced oh, it ever again. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's been around since 2016. That's actually we're one of the first tutorials that comes up about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Jono, Jono Forbes was making something similar called VRMT, I think. And, and yeah, there's been, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I played around with it when it came out. <laughs> I mean, but it's been years since. I mean, so our video was uh, December thirty first, twenty sixteen, and we are almost in December twenty nineteen. <laughs> They've been working on this thing for three years. Uh, it was okay at the time. I I don't think it was like anything like to go crazy over, um, especially if you are kind of coming from having used Unity a little bit. I think that's a little faster. Uh, maybe things have changed since then. Um, I was definitely running into lag issues um, just because everything's dynamic and the lighting is all dynamic, which just slows things down like crazy. But uh, maybe if that has gotten optimized, then maybe it's worth another look at. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like Unity's doing a lot but it's they're kind of all over the place also, which makes it confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's my concern that I'm gonna like start mocking stuff up and it's unstable. Like it's not. Yeah. Like it won't. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's like like Unity has this thing where like for you somehow you're able to put together a deck of cards, and at least from my perspective, since I'm not a dev, I'm not, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. Like somehow it sticks, and you're like, whoa, whoa, that worked. <laughs> You know, but and but that ability to do that also makes it pretty unstable, I think. Yeah, um, it, it, it's tricky because especially like it, Unity does make it really easy to get started. However, if you start building a project without really like fully understanding, like oh, I'm just going to create a bunch of objects that happen to be like a million polys, uh, and then just like randomly toss things left and right uh yeah it, it does make things incredibly unstable uh and then there, there's all these little nuances uh that you then have to start optimizing but then everything in unity starts getting scary at that point uh you know i so, uh, just to switch gears and something i've been i've been meaning to ask you uh, because mm -hmm. the internet is the source of all human knowledge yet it feels to <laughs> me like it's incomplete it, it doesn't fill in all the gaps and this is why, and this is why we have the interview podcast. Because one of the things, that, <laughs> one of the things I want to do is that I want to help people understand, um, and help myself understand how motion smoothing, how anti-aliasing, how mm -hmm. these things work, how super sampling works, time warp, all these things work in order so that when you get your headset, your PC VR headset, yeah, um, you look at those words in the settings, and you know what they mean. <laughs> And you know what settings to put them on, depending on your, on your build. I've been messing around a lot with settings, not really knowing what I'm doing. And sure. Because <laughs> I don't feel like I have the complete picture. I, 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 
Yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit I don't know how motion smoothing and you know anti-aliasing really work. And so, hopefully, you might have a little better better idea than I do. <laughs> Cross yeah. fingers. Oh yes, you did. Uh, so, so the good news is, 99.9% of the world doesn't know what that is. So you have no reason to feel ashamed as to not knowing that by any stretch of the imagination. Well, thank you. Uh, it. It, it is complicated stuff. I mean, we can make, I mean, as far as like anti-aliasing goes, like at, at like a really broad level, if we're talking about consumers, I the ideal case scenario is they don't have to know about all of these stuff. Um, ideally, a good app, uh, a good game engine will automatically pick the appropriate settings for you, um, and then you never have to worry about it. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where. It is slightly different between PC PC gaming versus console gaming because typically in console gaming, all these settings are defined for you. You never have to worry about them. Whereas in PC gaming, because you have all these different types of machines, uh, some more capable than others, um, it at least developers tend to like give you the option to choose. Although ideally, it should be automatic. Um, I mean, we can just start with something like really bas- basic. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Everyday VR YouTube channel. Of course, D. Dude, How could D. I forget? That's a legendary channel. <laughs> Dude, it, it's is a le- she still OG. doing it? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, so I, I mean, I haven't checked. But um, as far as time warping goes, uh, there's an amazing video on uh, on explaining what exactly time warping is uh, on that channel and. Highly recommend if you have any questions about time warping whatsoever, just go watch that video. It's like 18 minutes. Uh, I was actually like watching it yesterday just to refresh my memory on these topics. And I was like, yeah, this is a beautiful video. Like just summarizes what time warping is so well. Um, And also goes a little bit into the graphics process of why you need it. And this video was done, I want to say like three years ago. So it's very, it's very old, but still extremely relevant. And I mean, the visuals on that video are so on point to help like actually illustrate how time warping specifically works. Uh, and also the use case and why you might want to use it for uh, to make sure that your world is aligned correctly, as well as uh, to increase your frame rate or reduce the, the work your computer needs to do. Um, so as opposed to me explaining it, I'm going to just point everyone that's watching this or listening to this, just go watch that video. I'll, I'll give you a link that. to it also. Yep. In the I'll show make notes. sure that link is in the show notes for sure. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, that, that was, that's how I learned about time warping and how it's explained. So I, I think anyone can find that use video extremely useful. And it's, it's like one of those videos that like when you, when you like, I think if you like probably go on YouTube and put time warping in, it might come up and might not just because it's like so old and like probably buried. Uh, but it, it's 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 a gem. It's a it's a gem of the video. The, um, fact, the fact that it's three years old, sorry, and and D made this three years old goes to show how much of a fucking genius D dude, is. D is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Facebook is lucky. I think D is working at Facebook, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're lucky to have D. So they are. Uh, <laughs> And and so yeah, I mean, so I mean, time warping is one thing. Again, I I I think it'll do us all some more justice if you just go watch that video. Um, as far as uh, motion smoothing or um, asym- uh, asynchronous, sorry, not asymmetric. I always get these words 
Uh, I know what they mean separately, but <laughs> I always flip them in my head. Uh, asynchronous uh, space warp. So time warp specifically, just at a very high level, is useful really only for uh, three degrees of freedom rotation. So uh, if you think Gear VR, for example, mm. where you don't you don't have the positional tracking, time warping is especially useful in those scenarios. Um, it's still useful in positional tracking, but just for the rotational purpose. Uh, space warp come in, comes in, uh, and also motion smoothing. I think they're slightly different algorithms that basically do the same thing. Uh, but that at a very high level, in almost all of these algorithms, uh, so let, I mean, we can, we can take a really simple example of you're on PC VR running at 90 frames per second. Uh, in the ideal case scenario, uh, your application always runs at 90 frames per second. Life is good. But we, we live in reality where there's a wide range of developers and a wide range of applications, some that are more optimized than others. So you want to... Because of the way VR is, you always want to hit that 90 frames per second target. So as a result, if an application can't hit 90 frames, we can always see that it's not hitting 90 frames. And as a, as a result, have something that we know is a lot more optimized kick in. And that's where all this motion smoothing business comes in. So the way that these algorithms work is we say this application is not hitting 90 frames per second. Let's drop them down to 45 frames per second. So the of like the 90 frames that we have in our second, they're only going to do every other frame. So Oculus or uh, Steam VR has to kick in and fill in the rest of those uh, extra 45 frames that are that we need to to complete the full 90 frames per second. You following me there? Okay. So one one quick thing, just to, we're on the same. Uh, yeah. When you say 90 frames per second, does that equal to 90 hertz? By the way. Uh. Yes. Uh. Yeah, so your your refresh rate is 90 hertz. Uh, when we say 90 frames per second, what that means is, in, in terms of graphics, what a frame is is just an image that we're outputting onto the display. Yep. So uh, 90 frames is 90 frames that we have to output to the display within that second, and we, we do that discreetly like every 1 90th of a second, which is effectively 90 hertz. Because 90 oh. hertz is 1 over a second. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so far, uh, from what I gather, um, the algorithm is 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 best from what I understand is trying to maintain ninety hertz or ninety frames per yeah. second. Yeah. And so, when there's a there's a lot of you know, for example, particles in the in the scene, maybe yep. maybe uh, it, 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 like the algorithm tries to overcompensate for 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 the for for that lag or for that input or what's what is what's actually what exactly is happening in that point so yeah so sometimes applications uh i guess to put this into numbers so one over 90 uh is uh by right, 11 milliseconds approximately so your application every 11 milliseconds has to output one picture onto the display uh, so, which is insanely fast, <laughs> and so if any, if your scenes get incre incredibly complicated, as you mentioned, if there's a ton of particles, or if there's just a lot of geometry in the scene, or a lot of physics calculations that need to happen, even a, a lot of dynamic lighting that has to happen, then sometimes that 11 milliseconds target is not always achievable. So, as a result, uh, 
Oculus and Steam VR can kick in and say, look, you haven't met the 11 millisecond target that we set for you. And maybe it took you 20 milliseconds. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Let's say, let's say for you, you just barely missed it. Uh, it took, it's taking your application like 12 milliseconds or, I mean, somewhere, somewhere over 11 milliseconds to create an image onto the screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, for motion smoothing purposes, uh, Oculus and, and Steam VR will say, no, uh, we're going to, instead of you trying to hit every 11 milliseconds, we're going to double that for you, and you have to hit every 22 milliseconds. And then the motion smoothing says, okay, so we'll fill in every other 11th mil, uh, 11 milliseconds. So let's say frame uh, frame one, uh, your application creates uh, or creates the image. Frame two, Oculus or Steam VR creates the image. And then frame three, uh, your application kicks in and creates another image. So it's alternating back and forth. Oh. And so so now you have to ask the question, so Oculus and Steam VR don't have access to how, uh, whatever your, your application is doing. And they also need to do things within 11 milliseconds. So then the, the next question becomes, how are they able to uh, figure out what that intermediate frame should be? And so the way they do that is by taking a look at the two previous images that you've done. And also, uh, so in the case of Space Warp, I think 2.0, if I'm not mistaken, they can also take a look at the depth of where everything is within your scene. Uh, because so, so, so when you render out an image, you actually create two separate images. So one is the colors that we see, um, and another is something that doesn't traditionally, the end user never sees, but it's a depth map. Uh, of of whatever the virtual scene is, so we can we can take both of those the depth map as well as the colors, and we we do that for the past two frames, and we can kind of take an average. So we can say, okay, so this character seems to be moving a, a little bit over to the right between these two frames. Uh, we we obviously know that that your headset has rotated and turned uh, a little bit over the the course of those two frames. We can take a bunch of these different averages. And then create this intermediary picture that we end up displaying to the scene. Uh, things, if a lot of things have changed between uh, frame one and three, because we're creating frame two, uh, things will work, looked a little warped, and it's probably not going to be super ideal. However, if things are kind of moving sort of slowly, your character, uh, your your virtual world isn't moving a lot, your head is not moving a lot, that frame two will be close enough that you'll still hit the 90 frames, which is really ideal. Um, and things will look approximate enough that our eyes won't really notice the difference, uh, but that your your brain will still get that feeling of being, uh, everything is still running super smooth, even though in reality, uh, you're the, the whatever application you're running is really only doing things at 45 frames per second. Oh, so... It's nuts because all of this computing is being done in the background. Like, mm-hmm. like it's all like before you even know that all this is going on. Like, just yeah. the simple fact that there you see the image is testament to the fact that like there's yeah, and it's so. I mean, the thing that's mind-boggling to me is that all of this that you just explained is happening at the speed of light inside my headset, <laughs> and I don't yeah. even know. I mean, it's just so much. Wow, it's it's not it's so much. I mean, like eleven milliseconds is nothing. <laughs> like that's so insanely fast. Like, I mean, it, the fact that like 
our brains are able to like reconcile. I mean, and, and that's kind of the beauty of it because we're talking about such small timescales, things don't have to be completely perfect. Um, and that's how we can get away with a lot of this magic and you don't even have to know about it. <laughs> that's the, that's kind of the beauty of how motion smoothing works. Well, okay. Oh, that's okay. That's, but is having no motion smoothing versus like, for example, if my computer can, mm -hmm. can run a, uh let's say uh, ocean rift uh sure. one of the best games of all time for uh <laughs> versus reality please please support ocean rift um or or uh, and and it can run ocean rift without uh motions without motion smoothing at 120 hertz mm -hmm. is it better to run it without motion smoothing if yes. the computer can handle it versus yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that. Okay. So, so motion smoothing happens automatically. So if if it says your computer cannot handle this application, then it basically cuts everything in half, and then it fills in the rest for you. Um, and then and that's a lot more smoother as opposed to saying uh, where where you start skipping frames and then your application is stuttering. Uh, that that's what happens if you basically never had motion smoothing in the first place, which is not ideal because you never want to be skipping frames in VR. And so wait, and so if, uh, what I'm trying to figure out is like, if you have a computer that can mm -hmm. run it without motion smoothing, versus, and then and then you can and then you and then and you turn it on, mm -hmm. it, can you tell the difference? What does it feel like? I guess I guess I haven't experimented with it much, and whatever data I have, I feel like it's not. Mm, I, it's not scientific enough for me to share yet. So, I mean, I, I haven't run really any experiments at all myself uh, to be able to comment too much on that. Um, but so the the I, the ideal scenario, I mean, again, this is going to kind of depend on an application by application basis. Um, some of the easier ways to test whether or not something is switching between motion smoothing um, would basically be you're moving your head around a lot. Uh, you have a very complicated scene. So, uh, I mean, we're, may, maybe we're talking, let's say, Ocean Rift, at, but like add a bunch more sharks and a bunch more literally everything <laughs> into the scene. Uh, maybe throw in a couple of whales just for good measure. Just just making it like super complicated. And then, uh, and then now comparing that from with motion smoothing to without motion smoothing, uh, you'll notice a huge difference. I mean, even in the simple case of uh, use the same machine uh, and then just turning motion smoothing off and on, you'll start to you'll you'll notice the difference in the fact that applications will start to stutter. They'll reuse frames. So like you move your head, but then the world doesn't turn with you. Uh, that's what happens without motion smoothing, and that's never a good time. No, this you're right. It's not <laughs> a good time. Uh, okay, cool. So I, I think I have a I had a I have a grasp of motion smoothing enough for me to want to go test it now. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, because it seems like uh, I need to know more for science. What about <laughs> anti-aliasing? Uh, how does anti-aliasing compare? As, again, anti-aliasing is one of those uh, words that I read that I think I have an idea what it is. Um, yeah. Because I see it a lot pop up on Reddit, like where people sure. are like, oh, yeah, my computer's not running this much. And people are like, well, you could turn down anti-aliasing and it should. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm curious. So, how, I guess, how does I guess it work? Give, me, give me your definition of anti-aliasing first. Let's start there. My definition is the smoothness of edges 
anti-aliasing helps with that. Like it makes edges look a lot more edgy, and yep. and I guess or it, smoother yeah. or smoother. Yeah, and yeah. I guess that uh, and that and that makes things uh, uh, more immersive. So yeah. So uh, have you ever played an Unreal Engine like kind of one of the older Unreal Engine uh, any any VR Unreal Engine game? I have. I've played a few. Yeah. So um, one, one thing you'll notice oftentimes, and this is mainly because of the default settings in Unreal, you can, you can turn this stuff off, um, but because of the default settings, uh, you'll, you'll start to see a lot of shimmering that happens all over the scene. Uh, have you ever noticed that? And specifically Unreal Engine VR games? You, yeah, Unreal has a very, dis- the very distinct look from Unity. <laughs> I, can, I can tell right away, oh, that's a, that's, that's an unreal game. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I, uh, it's usually a lot of, you'll notice kind of, I guess more in darker areas, you'll see a lot of black and white uh, pixels that are kind of shaking all over the place. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, what was the, um, uh, there was, there was like a, there was like a VR demo from like one of the, one of the early VR demos. I'm forgetting the name. Uh, that was, that was from unreal, but you'd, you'd see a lot of like, uh, flickering pixels, if you will, and that this was actually because of anti-aliasing. Um, I mean, if you pick up one of those older Unreal titles, you'll probably notice it. Um, but the the reason that would happen is because so in graphics, uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can render scenes. Uh, in Unity, the default uh, method and kind of the preferred way actually for VR is called forward rendering. Um, in Unreal. The default, I don't, I don't know what the default is now, but the default previously was deferred rendering. Uh, they're just kind of different ways, especially when you, you're handling lighting. Uh, with deferred rendering, you do not get um, kind of built-in anti-aliasing. Uh, what that means is because you, uh, just because of the way the algorithm specifically works and how how, how pixel how pixels end up getting rendered in the process. Uh, you, if if you don't have uh, anti-aliasing that happens after the fact, uh, you will start to see these pixels flicker off and on because those are all the edges uh, that it doesn't know for this pixel whether or not to to, to make it uh, smoothed out over a course of several pixels. So when as you're shaking your head even a little bit, things start to flicker. So that that that's kind of basically what I was getting at with with these kind of older Unreal uh, VR games. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as like kind of anti-aliasing goes, and, and I mean, or I guess to clarify, the reason I brought it up is like in case you ever want to try it out and see why anti-aliasing really matters, uh, because you you don't want to see those shimmering particles. You ideally with anti-aliasing, you do get all these smooth edges, and nothing is like flickering in the scene. Uh, as far as anti-aliasing goes specifically, yeah, it's basically just a smoothing of pixels, especially when because pixels are basically discrete, uh, discrete things that that show up on your screen, right? Because your your monitors, uh, VR displays, they're all just kind of finite light dots, if you will. And so when we render out pixels, that that's just a one-to-one mapping of a pixel goes onto a specific light that's shown onto our display. And so we want to make sure those are smooth, especially when we're drawing in between pixels. Um, or rather, within 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 a pixel, if we want to show like multiple colors, mm-hmm. uh, we can't easily do that. So we need to smooth it out. 
And that, that's where anti-aliasing becomes super helpful, especially around edges, just like you mentioned. Um, as far as kind of the consumer side of things, uh, there, we have various different types of algorithms that handle that smoothing, uh, some that are more complicated than others. Um, and you'll, you'll typically see like 8x, 4x, 2x, and none um, as your options. And based, uh, of course, based on computational power, uh, sometimes your graphics card can't handle the 8x anti-aliasing setting. So you might need to dip it down uh, to 4 or 2 just to, to of, of course, keep up with that 90 frames per second. Uh, and the, I mean, that's at a very high level when, when we're talking about Reddit. That's kind of what we're talking about when, when people are saying, like, oh, I can't, I can't hit the 90 frames per second. Sometimes, like, just to reduce the computational power, uh, you, you drop down the anti-aliasing. Yes, things will start to look a little less smooth. Um, but for, for more practical purposes, that might be typically fine. Because, again, the frame rate matters more than the anti-aliasing does. I don't know there was a lot there. <laughs> and it's a multiplayer FPS game. And uh, yeah, I messed with the anti-aliasing on that one. I lowered it all the way down because I noticed that like it was it was because uh, FPS VR. Have you have you do you have FPS VR? The, uh, I don't think the so. Steam VR utility. I highly recommend it. FPS VR is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> it's nine bucks, but it's wholly worth it because um, you can you have this little window that you can pull up inside VR and it shows your mm. the stats on your PC like your GPU or your CPU like the heat and stuff yep. like that. And so um, it's been kind of being in VR feel like just the fact just the fact that of being in VR. Um, feels like an RPG in and out of itself because I'm monitoring my stats on my computer. Like, okay, am I not too hot on the CPU right now? Okay. I should probably turn on the fan. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bootleg millennium Falcon. Like that's what it feels like. Everything's, uh, but it, if it runs, it runs like a butte. And so what was I talking about? Shit. I ran, I lost my train of thought because I thought about the Millennium Falcon now. <laughs> uh, um, Anti-aliasing, yes, it works. Yeah. Basically, it works because I've tested it out in contractors. And I just wanted to get a verification from you in that I wasn't, like, making shit up in my mind, you know? Yeah. So. No, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, and graphics is just, like, so weird in that front because we have, like, all these different tools that are disposable. Um, and especially for... PC VR, PC VR gaming, like optimization is just one hell of a beast uh, to make sure things run so smoothly. Um, and I mean, if you're ever getting started in VR, like this is the thing, like I would kick down the bucket for people is just like, don't focus on the optimization, just build something cool and then and then deal with it. And it's not practical just because you should be focusing on optimization from the get go, because otherwise you're just like piling up a load of work for yourself down the road. Um, but it's just so complicated from things like anti-aliasing uh, to um, making sure you're you're managing your CPU and GPU, as you said, so that uh, the load is uh, more equally balanced, uh, making sure you're not doing anything crazy with physics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, it's the parts that make like, graphics really cool, but also insanely difficult if you're trying to like start getting working in this field. 
Yes, I'm with you 100%. Because you have to think, I, in a way, I, I, I can see the bright side to it because here you have like game engines. Here you have this box mm-hmm. where, and there's constraints. There's real constraints in Unity and Unreal. Like, uh, sure, sure, there's a lot of things that you couldn't do before. But for example, one of the things that I wanted to do was that I wanted to create a visualization mm-hmm. of the, is it two to three million people currently incarcerated in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah. And the only, and VR, and the only way to do it, and I, I was going to do it, and the only way to do it, I think, is by putting you inside of a cage, like a literal cage, and then raise that cage above the heads of two million people. And I wanted to you visualize that. What does it look like to be surrounded by two million other bodies, other people, and looking yeah. around you, you can't render that in Unity. You can't do that in Unity. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, un- unless, like, the human... I mean, it depends on where you are. But, like, if the humans are dots, then maybe. <laughs> but, I yeah. mean, if, they- if they're, like, actual, like, 3D models, yeah, no. That's I- what I... Exactly. I wanted, are- I wanted actual 3D models. So... Yeah. Um, I mean, you can you can maybe optimize, like, and make them really low poly. Um, but that's probably not what you were trying to go for. <laughs> Yeah, I wanna. I wanted to um, give them that. I guess the the reason why the three man maybe it might be uh, too gung ho about three models, but the reason why is because there's more of a when you see a cardboard, it, it feels more. It it's a little closer to a human than a cardboard cutout. Sure, that, that's why. Yes, I mean, yeah, having that depth matters. Um, but yeah, no, you you have to optimize that like crazy and make sure. All your lighting conditions are set, and like you're not doing anything crazy with with the physics and animations. But uh, it, it might be possible to make work, but like it's yeah, it's it's not easy. And and it's it's one of those things like you just say like oh yeah, two million people. Uh, I mean, it's like it sounds like a lot, but like for like I mean, we're used to computers doing crazy things at like millions and millions of people scale. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we're we're not. We're not there with graphics. I don't think we'll be there for a while. And so as a result, we have to always consider the optimization routes of things for things like that. I, you know, I, yes, on on, on on the one hand, I think that's like, yeah, it's like, God damn it, can, can it get better already? But on the other <laughs> hand, it's like, um, it's kind of nice to work your creativity around these constraints. It's like, uh, I, I remember mm-hmm. where I heard it is like, they, they, I remember watching a TV show, maybe, and this might be bullshit, but they went around showing people a brick, a, a big red brick you can hold in your hand. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to test people's creativity. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, think of it. And they're like, can you come up with a list of things that you can do with this red brick? And sure. so, and so uh, I think the average was like 100 a hundred things people people on the on the street were able to like come up with a hundred things they can do with one red brick. Okay. Uh, but then there's people outliers who are getting up to eight hundred things that you can do with a red a, a red brick. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I guess uh, what I'm saying is is that um, out there there are people who see Unity as a, a red brick and they can see eight hundred uses for it. And, sure. And that's exciting. That's that's cool. It's just. Uh, the amount of talent in the industry, in, in the VR industry, is is something that always uh, I'm always admiring because because there's people yeah. from all over all over the world, and the one thread that I feel like gen- unites us all, all VR people, I think, 
is the fact that we all can we all think about the future very often <laughs> or more mm. often than most than other industries i would say yeah so i mean so i have a video coming out um I don't, know, I don't know if it'll come up before or after this podcast goes out, um, but uh, it, it's it's going to be about like what it means to be in the in VR for the long haul. And uh, one specific quote I'm using as part of that video um, comes from uh, Brandon Latch from he's the creator of Boneworks, uh, Stress Level Zero. Uh, really awesome dude, really insane guy. His like story is kind of amazing, and uh, he's he was like talking he was talking about futurists. And uh, he was so he talked about kind of like how futures kind of are always jumping from like one medium to the other because we're always like looking at a bunch of different things. Um, but I and while I think VR has that element of being like part of the futurists, at least for now, um, until like futurists jump to whatever the whatever the hell else um, is the, the new hit thing. Uh, but like, I guess while we have all these futures, it's, kind of, it's really cool to like capitalize on the fact that we're all building in this crazy crazy medium and we all decided to choose vr and for the short or long term it really doesn't matter but uh as something that we really that drives our creativity and drives our focus um and share that with a bunch of people and really just the building of the building of cool crazy shit is always awesome yeah i want to know more about your youtube channel i want to know mm-hmm. more what you're up to what are your plans yeah. Tell me more, man. I, I, I'm dying to know what, what, what hap- <laughs> what's been happening to Vasant Mohan these days. Uh, so uh, we definitely slowed things down, um, especially uh, earlier this year where we, we completely put it on pause for a lot of different reasons. Um, but things are slowly picking it up again. Uh, I, I mean, it's going to be a mix of tutorials, uh, kind of some more meta videos, if you will, um, like the video I just mentioned earlier. And, uh, but I mean, it, it's, I don't know if there's necessarily a concrete plan as, as such as before we were definitely, I think, kind of in this mindset, we're going to do something weekly and, and put it out there, uh, primarily tutorials, but sometimes we'd put some random videos out there. Uh, but we're, we're going to put, put ourselves on this cadence once a week, um, Make the YouTube gods happy because that's what what they like <laughs> daily. Or I mean, the, the YouTube gods love daily consistent content, but we were on the weekly schedule um, and try to build that up. Uh, I, I think the building it up part and kind of being uh, beholden to the YouTube gods is something that probably caused a little too much burn, burnout and a little bit stress. So instead, I think we're going to take this path of We'll do it when, when, whenever we can, when we want. If there's something cool to share, we'll definitely share it. If there's something fun we're working on, we'll definitely share it. Um, if there's some some topic that I think is worth discussing, we'll share it. Uh, I think primarily going more so with a focus of VR than AR. Um, that's something I've kind of learned over the past year is I definitely find a lot more interest in VR. Um, and... There are, there are a whole slew of reasons to that. Um, just because I've been in AR for what feels like a year at this point, um, and have realized how many problems and how complicated AR actually is in a nutshell. Whereas I, I feel like with VR, we're much further along in the process um, and have already built out a really good community. And there are actually are some pretty interesting use cases, both on the enterprise and consumer side. 
Um, so I definitely think VR will be more of a focus there. Um, but then other, otherwise, outside of that, I mean, YouTube is just going to be just a place to share some cool stuff. Um, probably a lot less frequently than we normally do, but I think I kind of like that, at least for the short term. Nice. That, yeah, I, I am of the opinion that burnout is real in Silicon Valley, and people don't <laughs> take it very seriously, or or they just don't, can't. They can't take it. They can't. They can't really take a second to relax and 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 be like, all right, shit, I'm I'm overworking myself, and what am I doing yeah. this for? And I've been there. I've been I've been there, and I think um, it's always healthy to take a step back and be like, all oh, right, yeah. I I want I. Do I want to be, at least for me, what I realized was like, do I want to try to keep up with this insatiable, ethereal thing? <laughs> or, and, 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 the, and, all, and ultimately, the biggest enemy, my biggest critic has always been me. You know, it's always been yeah. like, uh, oh, I, I know I can do a better show than that. Or I've always, I'm always like, uh, like I'll hold a show for a week or two. Because sure. I feel insecure about my performance in the in the conversation, um, so so it it really is a weird work to do <laughs> to put yourself out there and, yeah. and really and and try to either educate, entertain, um, or just provide some form of value to people in this way. It's not it's not easy, man. So so I'm happy you're able to find a cadence that fits fits with you. It's that's yeah. important. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And then again, that's also another theme that comes up in that video, just because that video to me is kind of a video that I wish I had shared. Like when I was first starting out in VR, it's kind of, it's a video that I really wish I had watched before kind of getting on in this crazy journey. And I don't, I don't know if this was the same for you, but like when we're all starting out, um, at least for me in 2016, uh, in the community, when there was like kind of all this like buzz and excitement about VR, we are all well, at least like you'd go to any of these meetups and we're all saying like we're going to be in VR for the long haul. We're going to be on VR for the long haul. And that's basically what I themed this video around because it's it's an easy phrase to say, but it has so many ramifications to what that actually means because kind of as we've touched on in this podcast. There's a lot of really cool, exciting stuff from people buying the Quest, the Half-Life coming out, et cetera, et cetera. But we're still, we have so many problems from the fact that it's hard to set up VR sometimes. And yeah. just like the simplest of case, content is also there. Um, and we, like, as an industry, are going to have all of these ups and downs. And I think that's perfectly normal. It's also perfectly normal to take breaks, as you said. And I think that's super important because I think as an industry, we're going to keep chugging along. And that's really exciting. Taking breaks now and then is, I think, super healthy for people to recharge, and they can always come back. And I think that's that's really exciting about this space. It's like we're here. This industry is going to keep moving forward, whether it takes five, ten, twenty years. It really doesn't matter. But uh, that that part is super exciting. And I think being in the mindset of this is this is a marathon, not a sprint, uh, is something that I think uh, not a lot of people talk about. Um, and I think it really should be talked about more as opposed to like talking about the next greatest thing, then the next greatest thing, then the next greatest thing, as opposed to thinking about the long term and how we can eventually get ourselves there. I'm with you 100 percent. And I would just add, like if people um, it, it, it's not about the dis 
at this point, if you are, um, if you if you're if you're part if you're listening to the show, you're part of the community. If, mm-hmm. if you if you have VR headset, you're a part of this community. If you're on Reddit li- looking at VR stuff, and you don't have VR, you're part of the community. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is, this is uh, you you found yourself in a place, you the listener, um, in a place where there's a lot of other people like you who have this very common uh, sort of belief that this technology, that this tool. Is at least valuable, you know. Let's mm-hmm. let's you know disregard all the crazy like prophetic visiony stuff. Like it's <laughs> it at the very least, this stuff is valuable, and it, mm-hmm. it could be valuable because it's entertaining. It could be valuable because it's useful. Whatever way it's valuable, and I think that if we focus on the friends you get to make along the way, <laughs> then this <laughs> path, this journey, this marathon that you describe won't feel as rough, you know. And and yeah. that's probably the most the best thing um, that I've taken from my ability to, you know, run my mouth and do these podcasts about virtual <laughs> reality. Like, it's been, it's going to be seven years in March next year. Damn. And holy fuck, I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I feel like an old man. And I and, and it's, it, I am, but I am. Um, but here's the thing. It's um, it's the the most valuable thing so far. Is not just the experiences that I got to be in VR that I had that I had in VR, but the people. The, the, honestly, it's been the people I've gone to meet from all over the world, um, yeah. all walks of life. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's unifying. It makes me um, realize and be aware that the future is going to be okay. Yeah, that there's good people in the world that we're not so different, you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, VR porn is great. <laughs> <laughs> that took a big turn all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I do think uh, th- I mean that that part. I mean, we all have different visions, and and uh, I think that's perfectly normal. And uh, I think it's a really healthy thing. Um, but we again, we're we're all united in the fact that we think VR can revolutionize a lot of things, and I think that's so empowering and. Sometimes is easy to forget, but uh, having that rem- helpful reminder every now and again is 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 so useful, and I think just helps continue to motivate us and push us forward as a, a as individuals and also as an industry. I have a question for you, sir, and mm-hmm. this is a, this is a question as we start bringing things down to a close, and yep. it's it comes from a it comes from a place where in uh, the listeners are gonna be like, oh, here we go again. It comes from a place. <laughs> Where it, a couple years ago, I came to the realization uh, that I needed to do something um, that was, because the reason why I started this podcast in the very beginning was because I asked myself this question, man, in the future, what are people going to think about all these people at the very beginning, at the very middle, at the very center of this thing, this this mm-hmm. explosion of, of creativity and technology? The, and and I've been struggling because I I, I was struggling because I couldn't figure out the best way to answer that question until two years ago. And this is what we're going to do. And the year 2039, approximately 20 years from now, mm-hmm. you're going to get an email from me or the equivalent of it in Neuralace, whatever platform. Okay, sure. And that, and that email message or that message is going to say, hey, what's up? Oh, 2039. Here, this is me, Chris Miranda. And... Uh, <laughs> Fasad, here is the message 
that Vasant in 2019 sent to Vasant in 2039. Yeah. And thereby answering ourselves once and for all this question of like, what were you thinking? What were we thinking um, for those people in the future, for you in the future? So, so with that being said, I open the floor to you, sir. And I want Man. you to uh, send yourself a message to the Vasant of 20 years from now. Oh, man. Vasanta, 20 years from now. Dude, that's so insane to think about, but it's so prevalent to the video <laughs> that we I literally just described. Uh, I, I, I think, like, the first and foremost part is I definitely want the me in 20 years from now to be doing epic shit. Uh, and I guess to define that is... I definitely think there's a part of me that more than metrics or anything like that, I think there there's a part that wants me to have at least seen uh, VR take off, uh, get that mainstream adoption going. I definitely want that person to have uh, be kind of more independent. I, I've always kind of envisioned myself as being part of uh, creating something, some sort of business of some kind. I don't think I'm there yet, at least mentally um, and just stability-wise, but uh, I definitely would like to at least see myself try to do some sort of startup of some kind sometime in the future. And if that person hasn't done it, I also think it's not too late, even if I'm talking about 20 years from now. Uh, I'm still, I, I like to imagine I'm pretty young, so I'm, I'm hoping that the 20 years from my, me now also imagines he's pretty young as well. Uh, God, I'm trying to think what else I would tell myself. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be in my forties then. So I'm like, well, I, I mean, again, I mean, we talked about Gary Vaynerchuk also. I was like, well, I mean, if I'm in my forties, I still better be doing things that, uh, are motivating to me and not being in this whole corporate slog. The last thing I would want to see myself doing is like being in this corporate slog, being this like corporate slave working at like some big company and not giving a shit about life. I think that would be insanely boring. So I hope that whoever it is in that in that uh, 20 years from now uh, keeps trying to innovate and do crazy stuff because I think that's that's basically been the kind of motivation of what I've done over the past four years being in VR and I don't want that spirit to ever die. <laughs> I, like, I like saying that uh, I still have the kid inside me who... Uh, likes to to build a play with crazy shit, even if the there are risks and ramifications that come with that. Um, so I don't want that spirit to die. Um, God, I, I'm sure there's a bunch more that I can add, but I think that that summarizes kind of how I'm feeling right now and uh, the spirit I want to carry carry forward into the future. Alrighty, well, 20 years from now, you'll be hearing from me, sir. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, but we'll definitely be talking in between. Don't, don't get me wrong. We'll <laughs> yeah. be a stranger, Rosan. We'll, yeah, we'll stop chatting. Uh, uh, how can people stay in touch? I couldn't have said it yeah. better, by the way. Uh, obviously, uh, because it's you. But how can people stay in touch? And um, all of these and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm on Twitter um, at FusedVR. And also, of course, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FusedVR. If you want to uh, like and subscribe on all our videos over there, definitely please do um, and follow us along as we are uh, continuing to innovate and uh, find and share what we find really exciting about this space. 
Amazing. Vasan, I, I will be sure to include all the all those links in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, Vasan Smothan, I, uh, it, this goes without saying, sir, you, you are a true scholar and gentleman <laughs> and paladin and knight of the metaverse. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to yeah chatting with you more and learning yeah. more and uh, yeah, continuing forward. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to doing this sometime in the future again.